Old Testament reading for today is Psalm 31, 1 through 5, 15 through 16, on page 552 of your pew Bible. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. Since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. Keep me free from the trap that is set for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. Let your face shine on your servants. Save me in your unfailing love. This is the word of the Lord. The New Testament reading for today is John 14, verses 1 through 14. And this can be found on page 1081 in your pew Bibles. Jesus comforts his disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Jesus, the way to the Father. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know. My Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority, Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Um, I have a, a little. Whoa! I didn't realize I wasn't on until I was on. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to ask you a question as I start. Um, how many of you saw the title of my sermon before I got up to preach or as I was getting up to preach? You can put up your hands. A few of you, okay. Sometimes my sermon titles have nothing to do with my sermon because they come from an idea before the idea that made the sermon. Um, <laughs> today is not the case, but I have another question. Um, 
For those of you who saw the sermon title, or who now know it, it's uh, called People of the Way, how many of you thought immediately of The Mandalorian? <laughs> Just Ezra was brave enough to raise his hand. I heard another person say that earlier, so I know there's more. Um, if you haven't seen the show, uh, the main character, The Mandalorian, um, follows the way of the Mandalore, and when he does something in keeping with his faith, he often says, this is the way. And everyone around, if they're Mandalorian, will also say, this is the way. Um, anyway, that's what I thought of writing people of the way. <laughs> but nothing against the show, but long before the Mandalorian, Christians were called people of the way. Um, you can find it in the book of Acts like six times. Um, so I'm just saying, it was ours first. Uh, <laughs> And the reason that people are called, or people, the reason that Christians are called people of the way is because of our text. Um, Jesus says something like sort of obscure about heaven, and then he says, you know the way to the place I am going. And Thomas, in all of his honest questioning, says, Lord, we don't know where you're even going. How could we know the way? And Jesus replies, I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the way. And it would have been easier, I think, for us if Jesus had said, here is the way, um, and then just given us some rules to follow, a direction to go. That would have been nice and clear, like the Mandalorian. Keep your helmet on, protect the foundlings. Done and done. But Jesus said, I am the way. And we have tried in many different ways, in many different times, to reduce following Jesus to a set of rules or to a set of beliefs we can sign our names to, but the way is a person, and a person cannot be reduced like that. The way certainly informs and shapes how we live, right? There are like sort of rules, not really, um, but it informs how we parent and how we study and how we relate the way we walk and eat and sleep and vote and spend and listen and speak. But it's not as simple as a set of instructions. It is living and personal. To be people of the way means to be people in relationship. And relationships are so much more messy and intimate and dynamic. You know, they shift as we grow and learn. And that means that the life of faith is not something that can be mastered. You don't get it down. The whole thing is a journey, like marriage or a long friendship could be said to be a journey. It is a constant push and pull of figuring, figuring one another out. There are close moments, and moments when you hurt one another, and moments of reconciliation, and moments of learning and surprise. Of course, Jesus is God, so this relationship is a little different than any other one. Instead of equals, this is a relationship of, of a loving God making space for us, gently prodding us forward, sometimes even pulling back a little so the distance can be our teacher, giving us as much truth as we can handle, and then a little more, and then a little more again, calling us deeper into grace and love in each moment. And on our part, being people of the way means a constant listening and discerning. What does this situation require? What is God calling me to here? What about this new situation? The same kind of discerning that you do in a conversation or in a dance, learning to respond to your partner. 
Jesus walked through the world in exactly that way. In our passage, he says, the words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. And Jesus says that over and over again. I am doing the work of my Father. The Father and I are one. Jesus is the way even as he lives the way. Um, Eugene Peterson points out that you can see Jesus doing this kind of dance um, in the temptation story. Like going into the temptation moment, Jesus is shored up. He's been steeped in scripture since he was a kid. He's been baptized and assured of his identity. This is my son, God said, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And right from there, he goes into the desert for 40 days of fasting and prayer. And then the devil comes to him. And the interesting thing about the devil's suggestions is that they're not, um, they're not really bad things in and of themselves. First, he tells him to make some bread, uh, which Jesus will do later, right, when he feeds 5,000. Then the devil suggests, throw yourself down. Show us that the angels will protect you. And Jesus won't do that one exactly that way, but you could see how the cross would be a way of throwing yourself down. On, at the mercy of the angels to protect him or not. And the rescue did come, right, in the resurrection, just not quite the way the devil predicted. And the final temptation, worship me and I'll give you the kingdoms of the world. Now the worship me part is not great, but Jesus was going to get crowned over the kingdoms of the world anyway. You could see this as the devil kind of offering a shortcut to the end. But Jesus turns him down on each one, not because they are the wrong ends, but because they are the wrong means. They were not the way. Even though the devil is quoting scripture, Jesus is able to discern what is in keeping with the way of the kingdom and what is a departure from it. And I think we see that, dis that kind of discerning of the way in most of Jesus' in interactions. They're not always straightforward. They're not usually what the religious leaders expect, but informed by scriptures and attentive to his father. Jesus makes his way through the world in love. In this moment, what does the love of God and love of neighbor require? And in this moment, what does love of God and love of neighbor require? And we are invited to follow him on his way. And of course, the church often struggles with that, and sometimes we get it right, and sometimes we get it very wrong, and sometimes what is right changes. Um, I once read a church about, uh, about a church in India. This is from the writer uh, Debbie Thomas. Um, I read about, it was her church in India, and uh, they, had, they were trying to follow the way of Jesus through the caste system, Right? Um, which is very strict and relegates some people to abysmal positions in society. Um, and jewelry was one of the ways that you could identify who was with what caste. And so her church outlawed jewelry. You're not allowed to wear jewelry, which is like a beautiful thing to do, right? Everyone from a culture that is steeped in this way of being comes to the table on level ground. But then, years later, the jewelry had lost its significance in the culture. It wasn't the same kind of marker anymore. But the church was still hanging on to the old rule. And it became the very thing it had meant to, been meant to resist, right? People started looking down on those people who wore jewelry because how dare they wear jewelry to church? 
Um, and so in this kind of discernment dance, the church had to change the rule again. What does love require in this moment? It's not always clear, and sometimes a new moment requires a new thing. As we discern how to live each day, sometimes we have to say yes, and sometimes we have to say no, and sometimes it's yes for a while, and then it's no. Sometimes it's neither, it's just a completely different option, and we have to be willing to adjust, to imagine something different outside the constraints of our tradition or our culture. There is flexibility and movement to it all, because it is not a set of rules, because it is a person. I think some parts of what we call deconstruction are actually part of this discernment process. They are a very healthy and holy way of sloughing off what is old. Now, some people jump ship entirely because that is a very painful process and can be quite scary. Sometimes it makes you question the whole thing. But the process of discerning the way has this kind of struggle in it. It is necessary. This kind of backtracking or undoing things that aren't the way, maybe not anymore or maybe they never were and we were just confused. But we're working this all out together and none of us has arrived. We're only on the path. I'm more and more coming to see my own life with Jesus like this, a kind of movement along the path that seems sometimes slow and sometimes meandering and sometimes awe-inspiring and sometimes terrible or terrifying. And in every season, there are things to learn and unlearn, things to see or see again, trust, to deepen and love to go, grow and compassion to stretch. Over my years as a Christian, it's been about 25 now, um, I've been shaped and softened and healed and challenged, sometimes by those hardest spaces, sometimes by the unlearning as much as the learning. I have walked through dark valleys during which I have sometimes panicked and sometimes I have trusted but I have always come out the other side. At times I have been very wrong about who God is, or about how to read the Bible, or about what love means, or about where we're all headed, all of it. But God has been patient and persistent, and present even if I couldn't sense it. <laughs> I saw this comic, uh, you know they're like, Footprints poem, like, you know, there, those are the times that I carried you. The comic was like, oh, and those like long dredges, that's where I dragged you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I assume that this pattern is going to continue, right? Like, I'm going to be wrong. And so are you. And we're going to correct one another, and we're going to learn and unlearn together, and we're going to struggle through love and following the way together. But the beautiful part of it is, is that Jesus is that whole long way, leading us to truth and life. The patience of God is what struck up, stuck out to me most clearly in this passage. You hear it in the first verse, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, I'm sure you get tired of hearing me say this, but the context matters. And here again, we have interrupted Jesus by beginning a chapter right in the middle of what he was trying to say. 
Um, in the section right before our text, Jesus has washed the disciples' feet, which upset a number of them, then told them that Judas was going to betray them, and Judas got right up and left to do that. And then Jesus went on to be really confusing about what was going to happen next. He's going away, he says, and they can't come. I would imagine the disciples are quite shaken by this time. And just before that, just before the do not let your hearts be troubled, Jesus tells Peter that he will betray him three times. It's as if he's saying, like, you don't get all this. You can't understand it now. Things are about to get upended. You can't trust your friend Judas. And Peter's about to do something that he won't believe even right now, and he will be ashamed of later. But he will do it three times even. But he says, through it all, do not let your hearts be troubled. You can trust me. You can trust me. I'm so grateful for that context. Like, it's nice to have Jesus tell us not to worry, but sometimes it's a little frustrating. You know, and I wonder if it felt frustrating for the disciples being told that everything that they had given their lives and hearts to for the last three years was about to be thrown into confusion. And, th and then that they were not going to handle it well. Like, Peter thinks that he would die for Jesus. Can you imagine the shock of being told that that very day he was going to betray him? But without missing a breath, Jesus says, it's okay. I can handle all of it. You can trust me. So often our lives just seem aimless or they get upended. And we can wonder, like, what exactly are we doing here? Am I even going anywhere? Like Abraham being asked to leave his house but not being given a destination. Like Thomas saying, Lord, we don't know where you're going. Of course we don't know the way there. And these are precisely the moments that we most need to trust that Jesus knows things that we do not know, understands things that we do not understand. He's not just waiting somewhere at a finish line, hoping that we will find our way there. Jesus is the way. Even when that way looks confusing, even when we seem to mess it all up, Jesus is the way. You don't have to find it yourself or forge it on your own. And should you somehow get lost, the way is a person who will loop back to find you. And as we follow the struggle along this way, we discover that the grace of our God really is at every turn. We learn more and more to trust, even through the chaos, the disappointments, the upheaval. We learn more and more to trust in God's faithfulness through it all. Like Julian of Norwich, is, Norwich captured so well, that all will be well. And all will be well. And all manner of things will be well. Please pray with me. Lord God, would you continue to call us forward? 
or push us from behind. <laughs> to teach us to follow your way, to be attentive to your voice, to your word, to your stirring within us. Lord, teach us to be people of the way. As you are one with your Father, may we be one with you. In Jesus' name, amen.